the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hour three Backbone Radio came way too quick. So good to have you along, though. 606 Randy Corcoran from Saturday Nights. uh, Getting a little excited because I'm heading off to Washington, D.C. here in a few days for CPAC. And um, we've got Fox News on in the studio. Ron DeSantis sitting down with Mark Levin. He will be at CPAC. Uh, Trump will be at CPAC. Haley will be at CPAC. Uh, interesting to see who else. You know, does Pompeo show up? Does Senator Tim Scott show up? Uh, who all will we? I, I can almost guarantee you there will be no Chris Christie. Not at CPAC. No, that's not happening. Although his name still keeps getting floated around. Very, very interesting stuff. I have noticed that I have ignored the text to studios. I never, um, I actually never pulled them up on the screen, but I always have them on my laptop. That's how I can respond to you sometimes from home. So let's take a look at some of these. Stephen Littleton, regular listener to my Saturday night show and when I fill in elsewhere here on 710. Just a regular listener in gen- general. Always very much appreciated. Randy, so the FBI finally thinks the virus really was from a lab. If you're just joining us, New York Times has it. Gordon Chang has it. Daily Mail has it. The Department of Energy. I think it was the Department of Energy. And the Department of the FBI, the Justice Department, are saying that. Let's just get the quote. Let's see. Lab leak most likely caused pandemic, Energy Department says. That's the headline in the New York Slimes. The Wall Street Journal is where I saw the article for the very first time. Gordon Chang said this on Twitter, China almost certainly engineered SARS-CoV-2, and without a question, it deliberately spread COVID-19 beyond its borders by lying about transmissibility and pressuring other countries to take arrivals from China without restriction. Yes, every COVID death outside China is a murder. And as, you know, the federal government, as the narratives start to change, and they're changing, make no mistake about it, um, the truth is coming. The reason I had doubts, and listen, I was called every kind of conspiracy theorist, and you're a kook, and this is just a normal, you know, viruses happen, Spanish flu, bird flu, on and on and on. But China's behavior was so suspicious. They were having deaths from COVID long before they let that information out of the country. They put people on planes and sent them into every corner of the world. They have not opened themselves up or shared research, allowed people to come in and freely investigate the area, the process, the history, all of it. And we're talking about a lab that specializes in this gain-of-function research. How do we take a biological agent, a virus, a flu, and make it more lethal to humans? Fauci was behind it. National Institute of Health was behind it. Hundreds of millions of American dollars were behind it, and it's all coming out. 
And now even the FBI and the Department of Energy are saying likely came from a lab. So we talked about that earlier. I don't know if we'll talk about it anymore this final hour of the show. I've got a couple of other places to go. But I did think this was interesting in the New York Slimes. They've got this whole article, Department of Energy, and they say low confidence, but uh, we think it's possible. And then they said in their original article, the FBI also had low confidence. We think it's possible. They've left that in the article, if you look online, but down at the very, very bottom of a very long article, they make the correction. And they say the conclusion was made with moderate confidence, not low confidence. That's a significant difference. And like always, with a biased, corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media, they, they stick the correction on the back page, at the bottom of the article, certainly nowhere near the front page. Same thing here. Makes me sick. We also spent some time talking, a lot of time, really talking about Ukraine and and uh, had some great calls on that and some interesting perspective. But two things that are really sort of in the uh, more in the societal realm, more in the culture realm that are so incredible to be watching because we all know culture leads politics. Politics follows culture. The left has known that and worked it for much longer than the right has been paying any attention at all. In fact, but for COVID, we might not be as energized and awakened as we are now because it's only by parents seeing the garbage, the insanity, the profanity that was being taught in their schools that so many moms got off the couch took over these school boards, showed up at these school board meetings. Last night on the show, we played, gosh, it was, it was glorious. It was about three and a half minutes or so of a high school freshman, this geeky looking, super smart kid, did a great, and I say that with the greatest of admiration and respect because he's just one of those super smart, got the glasses and everything else, just laid it on his school board. And then announce that he's leaving. I am out of here. You're not going to, I may be a president. I may be a master golfer. I may be an engineer, a science, an astronaut, whatever. And I'm paraphrasing, but I'm out of here. I have found a school that's not going to make me feel inferior for being white. That's not going to make me um, question my very existence or my right to compete you know, equally with everybody else in the school. I never thought about these things. I never looked at my black or brown friends and thought anything about the skin color, the melatonin content of their skin until you idiots came along. It's it's brilliant. Heck, if we have time, maybe we'll try and squeeze it in here. But uh, I do want to do two things this hour, and that is share with you the monologue from... Woody Harrelson on Saturday Night Live last night, uh, just extraordinary. And uh, it factors right into the CCP virus and the mind control and the government control that's been being exercised on people as a result. Let's hear from Woody. Thank you very much. 
much. Hello, you beautiful people. And, and you ugly people, too. No, I jest. Uh, this country seems so divided, beautiful, ugly, black, white, blue, red. I love everybody. Maybe because I'm a redneck hippie. Uh, you know, the red in me thinks you should be allowed to own guns. The blue in me thinks squirt guns. <laughs> so I'm red and blue, which makes purple. Uh, I'm purple. Okay. So that's, that's the way he began. And, uh, you know, it, there's some definitely some culture in there, the red pill, blue pill, dividing lines and all of that. And, and I don't know what to make of Woody Harrelson. I was a Cheers fan, and when he was the bartender there, had no idea what an intense, crazy person that he really is. Uh, but he's done some great acting in some great feature films. So he now starts to tell the story. Three years ago, and you would not believe what happened after the show. <laughs> the next day was a Sunday, as it always is the day after I do Saturday Night Live. It's like a pattern, I noticed. Anyway, I went walking in the greatest part of this city, Central Park, leaned against a tree and started to read the craziest script. Okay, full disclosure, I smoked a joint first. <laughs> Now, he, uh, he wanders into about three minutes of talking about drugs and alcohol and, and his personal assistant who is his drug mule and, um, you know, doobie and blunt and, and things like that. He, he talks about the seven months that he stayed sober and, uh, you know, just uh, sort of wanders far afield. But at about the five-minute mark of... The Woody Harrelson opening on Saturday Night Live, he gets back to his Central Park story, which relates directly to the CCP virus, the government shutdowns, Big Pharma. See if you think the same when we pick it up on the other side here on Backbone Radio. Uh, we got the real thing now. You know who it is yet? All right. We had played... Uh, um, Greta Van Fleet earlier sounds very actually the song we played from Greta Van Fleet sounds more like Led Zeppelin than that song sounds like Led Zeppelin. right? But that's who it was. Anyway, we've been having some music fun here on Backbone Radio. Uh, Matt Dunn has always been so great putting together excellent and unusual music for uh, all of us here in Backbone country and text messages have been coming in. In fact, one that asked about Matt. Hope he's OK. Good to have you on two nights in a row. Thank you very much for that texter. And, and yeah, I was texting with Matt today. He's doing fine, focusing on family and, and doing what he needs to do. So prayers and, and love and support for Matt. As uh, far as I can tell, everything is A-OK. -okay. I know we've got callers. People want to keep talking about Ukraine. I'm willing to do that. But I do want to get through the um, the rest of this Woody Harrelson. Only a couple of minutes. We played his opening monologue, and then uh, he started to tell the story about uh, what happened to him in Central Park, wandered off into three or four minutes of uh, drug and alcohol humor, I guess, and then he picked it back up near the end. But back to the tree in Central Park in that script. <laughs> Put yourselves in my place. Lay the curve of your neck against the roots of the tree. What, what kind of tree was it? I mean, what kind of trees they have in Central Park? 
Oh, yeah, it was a palm tree. <laughs> so lay, lay your head on the palm, fire up a hooter from Jeremy. His personal assistant. And start reading. Okay, so the movie goes like this. The biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes and people can only come out if they take the cartel's drugs and keep taking them over and over. I threw the script away. I mean, who is going to believe that crazy idea? Yeah, think about that. Now, do you think Woody Harrelson sort of worked that in? I mean... I watched the entire video. It's about six minutes, 621. And uh, it looks like he's doing the typical, you know, reading off the teleprompter, as as you always do when you host, because you don't get much rehearsal there, not much time to memorize everything. Um, So reading off the teleprompter, it looks to me like every word of that was scripted. And it literally turned into trending on Twitter and people melting down. And the question is, did did NBC know about it? Was it okay with NBC? Most people think a lot of the the majority of the stuff that goes on, especially in an opening that appears to be being read from the teleprompter, is very well choreographed. And did you notice how sort of nervous the laughter was? I mean, in my mind, Woody was clearly talking about Big Pharma as the drug cartel. And that they'll lock you all in and they'll buy up all the media. We're still getting the propaganda about needing more boosters. Pfizer, I guess, now has different plans you can purchase to get your uh, free boosters and, and different stuff. It's just amazing. I suppose that might have been a parody I ran across. I didn't look into it very deeply, so don't hold me to that one. But uh, to have that on Saturday Night Live and then... Hear sort of the lack of laughter on some of the punchlines and then the nervous laughter when he's telling the truth. Who would believe that script? Who would have believed three years ago that people would so docilely just pack into their homes and stay put? I had no problem locking down when they said we need, uh, what was it, 15 days to slow the spread, whatever that first number was. I was fine with it. We had no idea what we were up against. God, you remember what that was like? You'd go outside and you wondered if it was if you were should be really freely breathing the air. I, I couldn't stay. I never shut down my law firm. I never made people stay home. I, I let people work from home if that's what they wanted to do. But I just remember what it was like out on the roads, those barren roads, and wondering, is something I can't see or smell or feel until it gets inside me? And grows and starts to do its thing. Is it coming for me? And they played on that fear. And then 15 days turned into 15 weeks. And then 15 months. And it was very early on that people like me, uh, not only legally when we were hearing from people who were being shut down and we started representing businesses and all of those kinds of things. Uh, But when I had to get on a plane, I I refused to buy into the mask stereo because, you know, I'm just a mechanic, but I understand the size of a droplet of virus versus the holes that you could fly a massive virus through and most of the masks that people were wearing. I saw the stupidity when they put masks on kids' faces 
and then cut holes in them so that they could play their flute at band practice when they set them up in the little cubicles. I stumbled across a video today from some one of the you know many good morning programs that they do around the world in different countries and some shiny faced dude really looked like a a bad pastor from a money grubber church or something I don't know but they were demonstrating this wonderful new device and I'm sure this was a 2 year old or more video a wonderful device where the plexiglass was up protecting the two people who were facing each other and you could and it was very sealed off and you could walk up and you could put your arms through plastic toward the person on the other side and the person on the other side could put their arms through plastic towards you and you could embrace each other you could kiss the plexiglass that was protecting you and and it was bizarre to watch and people in the audience were clapping like what a wonderful idea this is it, it's extraordinarily insane to think just how docilely stupid people were not the first 15 days i'll give the government 15 days i'll give the government longer than that i trusted donald trump to be trying to make good decisions but my god he was getting his advice from anthony fauci nobody knew what a criminal he was that man should be in prison in my not so humble opinion as well many others in fact texters agree my niece lives in the U.S. but works with labs around the world. When the word got out about the COVID virus, she immediately told our family it was a leak from the Wuhan lab. We were hearing that very early in the process. So we've always known about the big lie the government tried to pass off. And this one, Randy, it's not enough to be right about the source of COVID and of the damage and lack of eff efficacy of the shots. We need to demand an apology followed by something that will change the way that the government works. Would you lead around? Well, of course, I'm always interested in that sort of thing. Further, Dr. Fauci and the leadership of NIH and the CDC need to be criminally accountable for this. Man, absolutely agree. Prayers coming in for my wife, Tana. Thank you. Two aneurysms diagnosed in her brain a week ago. Uh, we've been terrified by that. And then a couple days later, we got word that our We'd already gotten the surprise word of our fourth grandchild, and then uh, a couple days after the aneurysm diagnosis, we learned that our fifth grandchild is also on the way. First four will be boys. We don't know what number five, well, three are, and number four will be. We don't know what number five will be, but thank you, Mr. or Mrs. McTexter. That's very thoughtful. Randy, nice having you on two days in a row. Oh, hope Matt is okay. I read that one already. Yeah, I mean, it's just... <sighs> terrifying that people have been so stupid, but I believe it was necessary. That's how we uncovered what's going on in education. We now have mothers showing up at school board meetings and reading the profanity, the sexualized profanity that's being being promoted in the local school library, so much so that one pair of moms got ordered out of the meeting for reading from the book that's in the library I understand they got $100,000 in attorney's fees awarded to them when they sued the school board. The Great Awakening is underway, should be celebrating. I am, but our work is ahead. Jim, we'll pick you up on the other side, whatever you want to talk about, and then I'm going to tell you all about Scott Alban, Adams and Dilbert being canceled. 
All right, admit it. When it first started, you thought it was the original classic from Mountain, not the Aussie version. Song did pretty well. It was the biggest song that Mountain ever did. I don't know how high Ozzy's version got on the charts, but the original hit Billboard Hot 100 number 21 way back in 1970, when even I was just a kid. All right, good stuff. Text messages coming in from all around the country, including my brother, Dave. Love you, brother, in Kansas. So good to see you a couple weeks ago. Uh, thanks for traveling and, and uh, sharing some of those great moments, including our mutual friend's 100th surprise birthday party. It was so very cool. Uh, Dave says, Woody took advantage of live television to tell the truth. Looking at Twitter, uh, other people weighing in on that opening monologue from Woody Harrelson. And I don't know anything about this guy, David Bernstein. I think it's pretty silly to think that Merck and Moderna you could plug in Pfizer, bought up the media, but it's typical of Harrelson's long-term leftist thinking, which somehow now has currency on the right. I don't know if I agree with that take at all. I mean, clearly, look at Pfizer. Look at the satanic dancing rituals that went on, what was it, the Grammys just a couple of weeks ago, brought to you by Pfizer. And so much propaganda, so much Satanism, so much nonsense. And then all of the advertising, the government advertising, protect yourself. If you haven't had your booster in a while, you could be at risk. COVID is out there, and so are you. Have you heard that one? Unbelievable. A virus with a 98-plus percent survival rate and shots that are killing people. People are dying suddenly. It's not just a meme anymore. It is a constant refrain. Young people or healthy older people just dropping dead with strokes and heart attacks. They're finding these massive clots inside their bodies when they perform the autopsies. More and more, it's coming. It's And you can thank Elon Musk for a lot of this because... He opened up Twitter. We get to hear some of the other side of the story. Man, I could just go on and on. And I want to save some time for for Scott Scott Adams and Dilbert, but I promised some phone calls when we went to the break. J- Jim's been waiting the longest. Jim, welcome to Backbone Radio. Great program, Randy, like normal. Thanks, um, Jim. I, I just want to say, I think um, there's a misperception here, and I just want to circle back a little bit to Ukraine and our aid that we give to them. Um, Randy, I, I, I don't know if you know of how that happens. It's not like we all of a sudden say we're going to give you this aid and put, put all that cash in the suitcases and truck it over to Ukraine. That's not how it works. You know how it works? Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, we we authorize them to spend a certain amount of money. and uh, But, Correct. you know, talk about the $22 million in a, of cash in a suitcase that was discovered at leaving Ukraine with a ideog, uh, an ideog, a, uh, uh, one of the, one of the big wigs from, uh, from, uh, from Ukraine. Yeah. Oligarch. Thank you. It's getting late for me. I was up very late last night, yeah. but, um, I, and I don't, I didn't verify that story, but, uh, but go ahead, go ahead and finish your point. Well, uh, the fact of the matter is if you're going to be mad at anybody, then get mad at the people, the label or the 
lobbyists for our military industrial complex. They're the ones that benefit from that because they basically those that money goes directly to them, not to the Ukrainians. In order, and then that money is used to purchase weapons. Where if we're not uh, if we're not uh, but, but Jim, we're not just funding Jim, we're not just funding their weapons though. I, I play. I don't know if you were with me on the show earlier but i played joe biden back in april talking about how we were going to be funding their pensions and other aspects of ukrainian life with american dollars well they're going to do that through the ngos and things like that so i mean i can only speak for what we're doing militarily wise yeah and uh, my question to you is randy at what point at what point do you i i we agree this is a bad situation and it needs to be settled on the, uh, across through negotiations. I think everyone recognizes that. But the fact of the matter is you're dealing with a madman. You're dealing with a madman, okay? And his point is he wants to wipe a country off the earth. How do you handle that? Well, number one, it's not our country. Number two, is he, is he a madman? Because from his perspective... Russia's borders have been the borders that are being encroached upon. Uh, NATO is... Also, also. Well, I don't have a map in front of me, but uh, but I know that when we convinced Ukraine, uh, Ukraine to give up their nuclear weapons, that we promised them a certain level of security that we're not necessarily providing. The only way we could provide that would be to put NATO troops, NATO arms, or at least... Uh, the weaponry and the the warnings in place around Ukraine, which mm-hmm. is obviously a neighbor of Russia's. Well, what we basically did, and it was when the the Soviet Union dissolved, basically, then Russia basically said, you know, listen, we're not going to invade you. You need to turn over your nuclear weapons. And America basically said, we agree with that, and we kind of support the whole process. We didn't say if if Russia invades, we're going to now protect the Ukraine. We basically kind of said we trust what Russia is going to do and you can trust them because we trust them. We kind of, And that's what Ukraine did then basically said, okay, we're going to give up the nuclear weapons. If they didn't, then uh, Ukraine would be in a pretty good spot that right now having its own nuclear weapons. But it doesn't because we trust it trusted America and it trusted Russia. And, uh, and this is the problem. Well, the fact of the matter is he is he does not believe that country should exist. He has told, he has told our president before. He has made, he has made the statement that Ukraine isn't a country. He has said that in 2012, and in his idea, he wants to dissolve that country. And the fact of the matter is, he could use the same logic for the Baltic countries. He thought the biggest mistake ever happened in the the, the 20th century was that the Soviet Union dissolved. What's your back? What's your what's your military perspective and background on this, Jim? I have I have relatives that live. My wife's Russian. She she has relatives that live in Russia. I have relatives that live in the Ukraine. Has every 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 American I know who's from Russia? I mean, just you know, I mean, mm -hmm. thick Russian uh, Mm -hmm. English and all of that. They despise Mm -hmm. Putin. Despise him. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I believe agree with you. But shouldn't we be making a NATO perform better? uh, Put more skin in the game. Why is all of this on the American taxpayers back? Meanwhile, open borders, high prices on everything, tons of homeless and drug addicts in our major cities. How do we prioritize that? Well, I agree with you. There's an issue there. I mean, I always believe America should come first. 
And I think our, I think that our, when we figure out, I don't know what the number is. How many people die of fentanyl in Denver every day? It, the number yeah. is like eight staggering. Or nine. Staggering. It's insane. It's insane. I believe we need to address that. But we have a Democratic mayor who doesn't give a flip about our citizens. Sure. So I'm just speaking from the point of view of Ukraine. I will just say this. Ukraine has said, if you give us the weapons, we're going to defend democracy. I'm not saying, I'm not saying Ukraine is a stellar democracy. Sure. Not even close. But the fact of the matter is, the reason he does not want that country to exist, because it is a threat to his country, because it is a democracy. They have a parliament. They vote in their people. And that's why Zelensky came into power. And he has become a an incredible leader to this country. What can you imagine if if uh, what other country would have a leader that said, I don't need an air I don't need an airplane, I need weapons. At the point when he was close to be he has had numerous assaults on him, assassinations. This guy has a backbone of steel that I don't think I can compare to any other leader. I you see know, what they hit I see what you did there, Jim. You, you, I see what you did there. You snuck backbone in. I really appreciate that. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I want to move, but I, I appreciate your perspective because I am not coming down one side or the other. I'm kind of devil's advocating on both sides because I just haven't paid a ton of attention on all the details here. And I know, you know, there's a populist uprising against continuing to just funnel, you know, have the wide open checkbook. And then I, when I talk to people from Russia who live here in America now, they're like, Putin has got to be stopped because he won't. He, he'll 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 go to Poland next, you know, and yes, and, and, exactly. and then you hear this stuff exactly. in his own country where it seems like he's really ginning them up with uh, worries about American nukes and and uh, and you, like the Russians are supporting him now. Do you have any insight on that? Well, I mean, the fact of the matter is, whenever he feels he's threatened, he creates a war, and that's when his popularity goes up. If you get a chance, go on YouTube and see what Russian media is saying. I mean, their whole shtick now is no mm. longer talking about Nazis. They're talking about now uh, Zelensky is a homosexual and he's promoting wow. homosexual act things. And Jim, uh, you probably hear the music stuff. there. It's a hard break, but thank you so very much for your perspective and for waiting. We'll get to everybody else on the phones when we come back here on 710 KNUS. Number 40 in the top 50 list of albums back in 2011. Really, the only way I ever knew anything about Gary Clark Jr. was when their band appeared on Friday Night Live. Friday Night... Friday Nights Live. I must have watched that series five times, read the book twice, loved it just that much. Played a little more. Oh, don't kill it. All right, it's dead. It's gone. Also showed up in the um, 2022 Elvis movie, this guy. We didn't get much, but that's okay. We're running out of time here. Casey Bloyer's in the house. He brought his better half, the Bloyer effect, coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, we're definitely going to get to Dennis and Dave before we kill out here, but I've talked so much about um, about Dilbert and Scott Adams and what he was shut down for. And it's only a couple of minutes. Even if we don't get to talk about it tonight, I want to hear, I want you to hear what it takes, how easy it is to be canceled. Even the most, one of the most popular shared comic strips ever, Dilbert, now out in most major neighborhoods because Scott Adams had the gall, had the courage to say this. But it turns out that nearly half of that team uh, doesn't think. Uh, I'm okay to be white. 
which is, of course, why I identified as black, so I could be on the winning team for a while. But I have to say, uh, th- this is the first political poll that ever changed my activities. I don't know that that's ever happened before. You know, normally you see a poll, you just look at it, you go, ah, whatever. <laughs> you know, oh, this is interesting what other people think. But as of today, I'm going to re-identify as white, because I don't want to be a member of a hate group. I'd accidentally joined a hate group. So if, if you know, nearly half of all blacks uh, are not okay with white people, according to this poll, not according to me, according to this poll, uh, that's a hate group. That's a hate group. And I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I would say, you know, based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people this is kind to of- get the hell away from black people. Just get the fuck away. Where, wherever you have to go, just get away. Because there's no fixing this. This can't be fixed. All right, this can't be fixed. You just have to escape. All right. We had to dump a chunk of that, and uh, but here's the opening of it. But it turns out that nearly half of that team uh, doesn't think... Uh, Oh, I I'm see. Okay, to be- okay. We've just got both part twos. All right. So this is Scott Adams. He's talking about a Rasmussen poll that uh, came out that uh, some 50 percent. Let's get the number again. But it turns out that nearly half of that team uh, doesn't think. Uh, I'm yeah. Okay. So almost half of people polled in a Rasmussen poll said that it's not OK to be white. And uh, we, had to, we had to drop that. There's a bad word in there. But uh, his conclusion was. If you're white, stay away from black people. If almost half of them don't think it's okay to be white, uh, that's racist, and people need to stay away. And so, you know, a pretty honest, tough conversation to have, but as a result, he's been canceled. He's been described a racist because he's identifying racist behavior in this particular poll. That's all it was. Uh, where almost 50% of black respondents to the poll said it's not okay to be white. And uh, so I wish I, we could have played that a little bit better for you, but um, we've running out of time, and I know Dennis and Dave have been waiting. Uh, maybe we can bring up um, this whole cancellation another time. Dennis in Arvada, Arvada, thanks for waiting. Welcome to the show. Hi, Randy. Uh, say, I uh, just heard that your wife had a uh, brain aneurysm. And my heart drops, and and I'm calling to say, tell you that I had a stroke in 2017, and which then it was a it was a series of mini strokes over a series of time in which I when it finally hit me, I lost my speech, and uh, my brother had to be with me and the doctor in order for me to communicate and. And then I finally got it diagnosed. Well, make a long story short, uh, my last therapy when they, that I had was that they said when they learned that I'm a passionate guitar player, that that's all you do is play your guitar and don't let anybody tell you otherwise because you're working left and right brain. Wow. And, and I am a finger style artist, guitarist. And uh, I couldn't talk for two months. And when I got to feeling better, I started playing. And uh, as my skills came back on the guitar, my speech came back simultaneously. That is incredible, and, Dennis. And you sound great. You sound just, uh, I don't, doesn't seem like you're struggling to talk, no slurring of the words. And I, I don't know what's going on with Senator John Fetterman. He's, he's seen, there are rumors that he's like brain dead and they're just trying to keep him alive long enough to not have to have a replacement election 
by April 18th. And again, total rumor. So, but just uh, you sound like you've made a full comeback. Is that fair? Well, to that to that point, uh, the guitar is. You know, I'm a perfectionist. Uh, I inter- I compete in the International uh, Fingerstyle Guitar Championship. Wow! And in 2002, the 97 champion had me on his top top seven personal list on the first round, and that performance is gone. I have never been able to retrieve it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so I pretty much play the guitar. You know. Uh, at least uh, every every day, every other day, working on uh, what I can work on, and and I move forward. But it was that guitar and Almighty God that gave me back my speech. Tennis, and, uh, I'm going to stop it here just because we're running out of show. But thanks for holding and sharing that story. And you know, we're very uh, very optimistic with my wife that uh, we're going to find solutions to the two brain aneurysms and all of that and did you have a last word you needed to say because we are really up against it just that music is is all important my son got it uh, has has friends that are brain injury therapists and they say that it's almost imperative music and playing a stringed instrument thank you sir very 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 much God bless you, sir. Thank you so much. Dave Highlands Ranch, you're going to be the last one tonight. What do you got for us? Yesterday in the Epic Times, the Biden administration, uh, it mentions that the Biden administration is negotiating in the legally binding agreement to allow the, uh, the World Health Organization to have authority over us for future pandemic policies. Yeah, I, they're definitely trying to do that. Fortunately, for any of that to take effect, no matter what Biden says, no matter what the deep state, state says, the legislature would have to pass it. That will never happen with the Republican House of Representatives. Excellent. Yeah. And my last thought, I think the reason we're giving so much money to the Ukraine is that Ukrainians know all the shady dealings of, of uh, Biden. And if he doesn't continue the money, they could expose him. So they're kind of holding them hostage. You sure sure have to wonder. I mean, Jim, uh, prior caller, made some good points about why we need to just keep pouring money into um, to Ukraine. I, I know it goes deeper than that, but uh, I'm trying to learn more about it and make sure that people are looking at both sides of the equation. Because people I trust, like Mark Levin, are like, we we got to stop Putin. And other people that I trust are saying, you know, this is a money pit and we're tiptoeing toward World War Three. So... Uh, it's important sure. to talk about, and thank you very much for weighing in tonight and uh, being a part of Backbone Country, Dave. Really do appreciate it. Thanks for your program. All right. God bless, sir. All right. We are getting close to the very end. I am so excited. I'm looking at the uh, speaker lineup at CPAC, which is where I'm headed. President Donald Trump, Senator Marsha Blackburn, Ben Carson, Ted Cruz, Nikki Haley, Mike Pompeo. We're going to have them all. Tulsi Gabbard, Matt Gates, of course, our one and only Lauren Boebert. She's doing a, a women's breakfast, which I may horn my way into. It's nice to be friends with important people. Candace Owens, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Rick Scott, Dr. Gorka, Richard Grinnell, Molly Hemingway. The list goes on and on and on. So I will be out next weekend. I think we'll probably have a best of for Saturday night. Jeff Hunt from the Centennial Institute Western Conservative Summit will be holding down the fort here on Backbone Radio. I'll be back with you in two weeks to uh, continue my fun with Backbone Radio. This has been an excellent night. Appreciate the calls, the multiple texts. Sorry, I couldn't respond to every single one of you. Casey Bloyer and wife.
are in the house for the Bloyer Effect, so that's next. Man, I hope you have a grand week. God bless each and every one of you. Always remember, please never forget, God loves you, so do I, and normally this is where I'd be punching up, never ever say you're sorry. Happy Monday. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.